You're at the Over or Under Show. I'm your host, Ed Henderson. And man, it's a crazy world we live in. It has no shortages of rabbit holes. I'm not scared of rabbit holes. If you're not scared of rabbit holes, this show is for you. Let's see if we can jump in one and make our way back to the top. Welcome to Over and Under. I'm your host, Ed Henderson. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today's episode is going to serve as a second part to the downward spiral of L.A. County. Further look into their woke progressive D.A. George Gascon. Now, I have been aware of for some time, as I'm sure many of the listeners have, of the downward spiral of L.A. County. George Soros was doing his work long before George Gascon showed up. So, I don't want to give him too much credit, but I do want to uh, just inform you that having a woke progressive DA, how does that play into the overall game plan of the Soros and the progressives and the woke? Because in this aspect, it's about keeping the criminal on the street. So, yeah, if you are a victim of crime, I don't know where you go to now because you used to go to the prosecutor, of course, the criminal. We have a constitution. He had a defense that would be appointed for him if he couldn't afford it. But, I mean, I don't know how you look at it any other way. When you go to the system now, you're looking at two defense attorneys. You've got the defense of the prosecutorial office of the district attorney that's going to be there on the side of the criminal. And then you, of course, the criminal's going to have his defense lawyer. So the deck is stacked against you. Let me give you a little background on Gascombe. He starts in 78, and this information comes from Wikipedia, by the way. Wonderful resource. I use it a lot and uh, would highly recommend that you support them uh, financially because I'm sure I'm not the only one that goes to them. But in 78, Gascon becomes an L.A. patrol officer. 2000, he took over LAPD training. 2003, he's assistant chief of LAPD. 2006, he becomes chief of police in Mesa County, where he makes a name for himself for foiling the attempts of Maricopa County Sheriff Joe Arpaio, who would frequently do sweeps trying to get illegal aliens and criminals in general. But the uh, chief of Mesa County Police Department, George Gascon, would often tell the community that uh, George Arpaio or tell him the plan. I'm sure Arpaio was trying to be respectful, especially when he was coming into the chief's jurisdiction, but Gascon obviously would tell the community that it was going to happen, Take basically give them a heads up, you know, kind of be a lookout man for anybody that's uh, getting ready to commit a crime. Hey, the, the sheriff is coming. So 2009, San Francisco police chief, he becomes, while he's the San Francisco police chief, uh, Kamala Harris who is the DA, gets elected to the Senate. And Gavin Newsom, the mayor of San Francisco, gets elected to the governorship. Yet they want to take all the wonderful things that they did for San Francisco and take it on a state and national level. But as uh, Newsom is leaving office, he uh, places Gascon into the position of district attorney. And from there, he gets elected to the position of DA for LA County. And before we get into some of the things that Gascon did with policy to help support uh, criminal activity, I want you to know this because Newsom acts like he is totally oblivious as to what is going on within his state and especially places like LA County. Newsom knew very well the reputation that 
Gascon had as the chief of police in Mesa County. He wanted that kind of leadership in San Francisco, and he sought it. And that's why he tapped him for DA, and he had the full support of uh, Gavin Newsom when he was elected to the DA of L.A. County, including Kamala Harris heavily endorsed him. George Soros also heavily financed his campaign and endorsed him. Who did not support George Gascon were law enforcement. They uh, provided $1 million from the Los Angeles Police Protective League. So that's, that's not a good feeling if you are a crime victim to know that it's people like George Soros, Gavin Newsom, Kamala Harris, who throws all their weight behind somebody like a Gascon. And then you see your, your police departments go against them. They, you would think that you would have your police and your DA working very closely together. There should be a partnership between the police department and your, your prosecution office, your DA, because ultimately you're trying to do the same things. You're trying to protect the public. You're trying to see that laws are being obeyed. There may come a time when that a prosecutor's office has to separate himself from the police department because a police department has, or a police officer, let me don't say it, don't let me indict an entire department like so many people do. But when you have a police officer who commits a crime, and they do, then you know you have to have a prosecutor who's able to look at that and to act accordingly. But when you basically just call out open warfare on a police department you, as a whole, and you're talking about defunding them and reimagining, these are code words that should scare you because it is a, it is a social agenda that is being pursued. Law and justice is not. Now, before I move on for, from Wikipedia, let me just share a couple things that just caught my attention. Gascon co-authored co a Senate Bill 962 legislation requiring a kill switch on smartphones. Now, I'd like to know a little bit what that means. That might be something I would be supportive of, putting a kill switch on a smartphone, but I'm not sure what all that entails. He uh, co-authored a Proposition 47 that reduced many crimes from felonies to misdemeanors. Proposition 47, according to one study, has reduced disparity in arrest in San Francisco between Caucasians and African Americans by nearly half. So that is his uh, answer to crime, just, just don't prosecute it. So the way he brings down the numbers of criminal felonies against the African American community is he just stops prosecuting that. But I wonder how that has affected those uh, predominantly African American communities that those criminals are not being pursued as hard as the Caucasians were. Do you think there's any correlation between the violence that so often is disproportionate in African-American communities as far as Caucasians? Is that going to be uh, a lawsuit in the future when somebody shows, you know, when an African-American commits a felony in this community, we do not prosecute. When it happens in a predominantly white community, then we do prosecute. And then I can just hear the legal argument that that is why Caucasian neighborhoods are safer because they take, uh, they take the crime serious. So that might be something that might, I don't know, turn around, boomerang, and come back on the woke progressive people being sued themselves when they are really, their actions are making these communities more unsafe. This is also interesting. Gascon filed a civil complaint 
against Uber, alleging that the company failed to protect drivers from sex offenders and other people who have been convicted of serious felonies. Well, that's laughable because Gascon goes out of his way to make it more likely that one of these Uber drivers are going to be picking up a convicted felon of, that's possible of committing some heinous or, or bad crime just by his policies. And so he's actually trying to take the job of the district attorney and putting it on some poor guy driving an Uber that's just trying to make a little bit of change on the side, trying to keep bread on the table for himself and the family in a Biden economy where, geez, I mean, the, the staples that you go to buy are jumping not a few pennies, but by dollars by the day. But anyhow, back to Gascon and uh, L.A. County's downward spiral. I also do want to give credit to some of these sources that I come to. Tucker Carlson, that was a great documentary he did on the uh, suicide. I think the name of that documentary is The Suicide of L.A. County. Very appropriate title for that documentary. I recommend that you go watch that. But many of the examples that I'll be using came from that, as well as a podcast called The Daily Signal. I, I didn't listen to the actual podcast itself. I did see a transcript, though, and it was very, very informative. So let me move on. One woman described L.A. County as Gotham City. Yes, she said that Gascon has turned L.A. into Gotham City, a reference to the home of Batman, a city basically run by criminals, murderers, drug dealers, addicts, thieves, rapists. So it's a pretty good comparison, but at least in Gotham, the police commissioner, the justice system, wanted to do the right thing. L.A. is in a, a very perverse version of Gotham that the police are demonized, defunded, and persecuted. The district attorney flings open the gates of the prisons and murders. Theft and rape is a thing to be expected. Assault, strong-arm robbery, no big deal. People just walk into businesses, smash glass displays, take jewelry, Rolex watches, Apple phones, laptops. It's a city perfect for the next Batman movie. Of course, this Batman will have to fight the district attorney's office, and they will have to destroy Batman to protect the criminals. Maybe we can have George Gascon play the Joker who wins the district attorney's office in some kind of rigged election that is being funded by some master evil mind by the name of Soros gets him in the place. He, he issues directives that set many criminals free. He does away with the death penalty and life without parole to, is reduced to 15 years. Any prosecutor within the office who does not assist in these obvious violations will be immediately fired if not worse. That'd be a good movie, right? Sad to say, this is the uh, very sad reality of the citizens of L.A. County. Can you possibly imagine criminals like Pablo Escobar, El Chapo, Al Capone, John Dillinger, Charles Manson celebrating the DA that prosecuted them? When the criminals are cheering the district attorney and the district attorney is cheering the criminals, there's a problem in Gotham, L.A., Chicago, San Francisco, Portland, Minneapolis, and every other woke progressive social justice movement. I mean, that's, a, that, that's, that's devastating to the victims when you see your prosecution take such a pro-criminal stance. You know, the crime rate goes down on paper because you're no longer prosecuting, but that's kind of like that tree falling in the forest. You know, if there's nobody around, does anybody hear it? So if we stop calling something what it is, does it just go away? 
just for the record, yeah, the tree does make a sound. The fact nobody heard it, that's, uh, that's, a, that's, that's for you to debate. I don't really wrap my brain around it. But just because you stop calling serious crime crime or try to call it a misdemeanor, it doesn't go away. Its effect on the community remains the same. Gascon has not only declared war on the victims, he's taking on the police departments and prosecuting attorneys in his own office. Former Bureau Director Maria Ramirez was demoted because she was directed by Gascon to ease sentencing on youthful offenders, no matter how heinous the crimes were. If any of the offenses would have been used as a strike offense, they got like a three-strike thing like a lot of states do, you commit three serious felonies, I guess they figure you're not getting the message and you can be put away for life. But she couldn't take any of that into consideration. The Directive 20-09 prohibited the prosecutors from doing so. If the juvenile committed multiple crimes against multiple victims, then that prosecutor was pigeonholed or only allowed to pursue one of the charges, one of the victims. Director Ramirez said this would require her to provide a false and misleading description to the court of the crimes or the crimes that was actually committed. Ramirez also alleges that including the extreme leniency towards youthful offenders that cops that found themselves accused would be given no quarter regardless of the evidence or lack of. She goes on and she describes a police-involved incident where two people were killed after a presentation which showed no inconsistencies in the statements of the officers and witnesses claiming that the suspect reached for the gun. Gascon's confidential assistant, a first-year law student, Anna Kozma suddenly announced in quotation, I'm ready to convict the officers. Two other special advisors, Elisa Blair and Tiffany Blackwell, then said that too many African Americans have been killed by police officers, and Blackwell suggested at least charging voluntary manslaughter. How would you like to be in that police department? You've got a prosecutor that says, you know, hey, everything looks good with this call. We, we find that our officers did everything appropriately. But, you know, all over the country, there's just too many African-Americans being shot by police. And based on that, you're getting charged with manslaughter. Now, I'm still trying to get over why his confidential assistance is a first-year law student Anna Kozma, and to think that she's calling for the conviction of officer. You're, you're your first-year law student? I would imagine you'd be shutting the hell up in these kinds of meetings. That's, that's what I would think you would be doing, but how Gascon picks somebody to be his confidential assistant, I'd like to know what those uh, duties require. <clears throat> but, yeah, she's a first-year law student, has the uh, DA's ear, so I don't know how that's – well, I do know how it's working. I'm, I'm, I've watched it on a, a very well-produced documentary. Now, for a man who has never practiced law, you know, Gascon putting a confidential assistant, a first-year law, first law student, you would think he'd want to post some very experienced people around him. But the thing is, you see, he's not there to prosecute law. He's there to push a social justice agenda, with it, which is in total opposition of anything that has to do with law. I'd also be negligent if I told you that Gascon went on to per, uh, prosecute those officers. He did not. Matter of fact, he lamented that 
the the evidence just was not there. And then he complained uh, to someone in the office that his prosecutors followed the law too closely. Can you imagine that? Another case that was represented by Miss Katie, who is now a victim's right attorney, and what I got from listening to that uh, or reading that transcript was that she is now a victim's rights attorney, and she used to work for uh, the office, the DA office. She told of a family that she was representing where the perpetrator was one month shy of being 18. He murdered two sisters. One was 16, the other 27. He kills them both, and then he sets their apartment on fire to, to cover up the crime. Because of Gascon's policies, the criminals will not be charged as adults. They will stay in the juvenile system. At the very best, they will stay incarcerated until they reach the age of 25, if not before. This is going to be devastating to the family that is seeking justice from the people that have been, been entrusted to provide justice. It's a, it's a re-victimization of those families. How is that such an official is allowed to ignore statutes concerning sentencing guidelines in such calloused and uncaring ways concerning the victims of these heinous crimes? It's also an incredible tool for gangs who are looking to commit murder or sometimes they just go out and they call it a hunt where they just go out and shoot people. I don't know if that's an initiation that the member goes through, but any time that the gang wants to carry out a murder, you just tap one of the kids that's a couple months shy of turning 18. He goes to the juvenile system with a little bit of good behavior. Maybe he only has to do three or four years for that murder. Very worst case scenario, he goes till he's 25 and he's let out. You remember earlier in the podcast, I asked you, could you possibly even imagine somebody like El Chapo or Charles Manson, John Dillinger singing praises to their DA? Here's a couple of uh, stories that I came across in that uh, Tucker Carlson documentary. There is a gentleman, well, I don't want to call him, he's a gangbanger. His name is Luis Hernandez. He'd been contacted by his lawyer and was advised under Gascon's new policies he'd be going home. All the enhancements that were charged for him being in the gang, having a legal gun, I think he also was just shy of his 18th birthday, therefore he will not be tried as an adult. A lot of these things were retroactive uh, when, when Gascon took into office. Uh, he, he killed somebody, but anyhow, he said he is so grateful and appreciative that he's going home after serving such a short period of time. He says Gascon's one of their own, and to show his appreciation, he has vowed to have Gascon's name tattooed on his face. I would suggest that he take that tattoo and have it encircling his anus where it justly belongs. That's where I'd have that tattoo put. But there's also a video of two criminals drinking a toast in prison to Gascon. They've got some kind of alcohol that they make there. That's problematic in itself. But they are drinking a toast to Gascon. I mean, the, it just goes on. There was a child molester by the last name of Tubbs. I don't remember his name. He was a man, supposedly, when he did this. He's transitioning to a female. But... Just to keep things from not being too confusing, his last name is Tubbs, or she, however you want to do it. Last name is Tubbs, and what is not disputable, he is a child molester, and he avoided being uh, arrested for six or seven years. It's like 26 years old before they caught up with Tubbs. 
but he goes into a Denny's restaurant. There he finds a 10-year-old girl where he violently and sexually molests this child. I mean, he's choking her, and I'm not sure what it said, but he did some very unspeakable things to her, but he got away. They catch up with him 26 years later after he's committed some other violent crimes and through DNA testing connect him back to this crime. But this convicted child molester under Gascon's policies will not be tried as an adult, but a minor and benefit greatly from the new policies that the district attorney has put in place. Uh, another district attorney for L.A. County, uh, John Hatami, who supports the recall of Gascon, says this child molester could be released earlier than the two years in return to the public with no sex registration. Gascon refuses to press for time in a, an adult facility. There's a real possibility that this child molester will victimize somebody else in the community. And get this, Tubbs will do his time in a juvenile facility. That's, that's insane. He's going to be put with minor females. He perpetrated his crime on a female who was a minor, 10 years old at the time. And so... Gascon is just giving him the possibility of victim. So if it comes on some TV show, and you're not going to see it on MSNBC, you're not going to see it on NBC, you're not going to see it on ABC, but if this child molester takes advantages of all the benefits that Gascon has given him, that's not going to surprise me, and it shouldn't surprise anybody, and somebody should be held accountable for these decisions. should be Gascon. I would recommend that this uh, Tubbs, this uh, child molester, be taken to a men's penitentiary because, incredibly, these convicted felons have more compassion for children than George Gascon. I think justice would be served if Tubbs were to be taken to a male facility as opposed to putting him in a place where he can offend other young females. Before before we wrap this, this thing up today, <clears throat> let me go back to Miss Katie, who is now a victim rights lawyer. She gave another example that is just absolutely heinous and horrific, but two young men that were gangbangers went out for what I told you earlier was a hunt, and this is where they go out just to murder somebody, and it doesn't say, but I, this has got to be some kind of gang initiation. These are two gangbangers. They are 16 and 17 years old and they go out for their hunt. The hunt was successful. They killed uh, one young man who was a first-time father, and then they killed a, another young man who was just starting his career working for NASA. They were killed for no other reason than these gangbangers were out for one of their hunts. At best, they're gonna do 25 years, and they're gonna do that time in a juvie facility based on the policies of George Gascon. And I, I just, I can't even find the words for the, the victims of these communities. I mean, my heart just breaks for them to lose fine, upstanding young men and women in their community and to go to a courtroom and see a prosecutor concerned for nothing but the, the, the criminal. And he's almost assuring that these criminals will be released and recommit that uh, child molester I was telling you about I can tell you with almost certainty she's going to do it again even after that child molester got this incredibly light sentence. She did those horrific things to that little girl. She may do less than the two years for good behavior. I mean, she's bragging about 
how she was sentenced. She made some derogatory remarks towards that little girl, who is now 18, by the way, made derogatory remarks about what she did to that girl. Or, I mean, it's just incredible. There is no remorse for what she did. And to the taxpayer, I don't know if she has fully transitioned, but if she is going to fully transition, I bet you're going to pay for that. I bet you're going to pay for that operation. So if you if you haven't heard of the child molester in L.A. County that uh, George Gascon has taken so much compassion on, you might want to look at it, especially if you live in L.A. County. As for those of you that don't, you need to keep your eye on what's going on in your communities because, like I said, we are just now getting to a level of, of absurdity. You've got people like Bill Maher who has been on the left for ever since I can remember. And uh, he's like, what's up? You know, what's going on? Unfortunately, they have pushed people like Marr and people, progressives, that which they call themselves, I don't know how they're called, progressive, because they always leave a wake of regressiveness in so many ways, but somehow or another they're called progressive. I guess that's kind of like when you call a fat guy slim or a very homely person handsome it must be some some kind of weird thing like that because it is nothing progressive whatsoever anyhow as i always do i hope you found some value in uh, what we covered here today i hope it will cause you to look a little bit further into these things i hope that it will inspire you to get involved politically especially go out and vote Please, please get out there and vote and see what is going on with some of these people who claim to be woke, claim to be progressive, because those those terms are very misleading. Uh, you, what you need to do is not worry so much about what they say from the stump, but look how they vote. Look at the policies that they put in place and see, see if that's what you're looking for. I'm thinking probably not. But with that, we're coming up on... Uh, 30 minutes. That's usually why I try to cut it, try not to bore you for too much time. If you did hear something that you liked here today, please hit subscribe and start subscribing to the podcast. Uh, There's a place for you to leave comments or or rate it. I encourage you to do so. And uh, okay, well, with that, I'm out like a scout. Bid you a fond adieu. Pray for blessings upon your house. And I pray for this country and I pray for this leadership, including our president, because we are in dire straits. There's a lot of things that are pivotal, and I, I really don't know how they're going to work out. But pray for our leadership. Pray for this country. And like I said, when you lose all hope, we do serve a mighty God who sees everything and it's in his hands that we all are, whether we acknowledge him or not. Hey, you take care of you and yours and we'll get together very soon on Over and Under. You take care. Bye.